Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in-depth into my top 20 quarterback and tight end rankings and tiers for week number 13 of the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we can head on into things here, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you don't end up enjoying today's video, then please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at Notorious FNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week 13 top 20 quarterbacks and top 20 tight end rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin in the S tier at the quarterback position at number one with Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the San Francisco 49ers this week at home in Philly. Most likely going to be the best game of the week outside of that Dallas versus Seattle game which ended up being a very exciting barn burner. So going up against San Francisco I know there's a lot of people that are going to be quivering. A lot of people are going to be nervous but at the end of the day going up against the San Francisco 49ers defense regardless of how tough of a task you believe that will be Jalen Hurts in any given game could get three four maybe even five touchdowns like he did last week because of how effective the tush push is in the red zone again I get that some people be nervous about the 49ers but this man is a top 12 quarterback every single week the last time he wasn't a top 12 quarterback was week one against the Patriots where he was the quarterback 19 he's currently the quarterback two on the season there is no need to galaxy brain over Overthink things here with Jalen Hurts. He is my QB1 on the week. At number two, we got Tua Tungavailoa of the Miami Dolphins going up against the Washington Commanders in Washington. Now, last week was a bit of a doozy for Tua Tungavailoa as he turned into Tua. Turn of the ball over with two interceptions, one touchdown, 240 plus yards. Now, that wasn't the best game for Tua, but that was up against a very, very tough Jets defense. Now we are on the opposite side of the spectrum, right? A strong Jets defense going up against a ripe for the taking commander's defense this time. Normally, the Dolphins beat the ever-living dog shit out of bad teams, and I think Tua Tungavailoa is going to go crazy this week against the Commanders. At number three, we have C.J. Stroud of the Houston Texans going up against the Denver Broncos at home in Houston. Now, I'm going to give the Denver Broncos defense all the credit in the world, but if you actually look, they haven't had the toughest of schedules. Now, I get they locked down the Bills, and that's great, but I really do think that C.J. Stroud is different this year. I think C.J. Stroud could still have a top-five game here easily. Currently the quarterback seven on the year in his rookie campaign, and I really do think that this game has the upside to be a back-and-forth affair, and I love C.J. Stroud this week. At number four, we have Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs going up against the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. Now, on paper, this is the type of game where Patrick Mahomes would go nuclear 25 kill streak in Modern Warfare 2 right where he takes a deuce on the chest of the Packers defense the problem is is that the Patrick Mahomes that we're used to hasn't really shown up this season will the real Patrick Mahomes please stand up now you can blame the receivers you know where the fucking ball hits Kadarius Tony in the face right those guys just can't catch sometimes I get it but this is not the Mahomes that we're used to. Now, I'm not saying he's washed up. I'm not saying he's finished. He's some bust by any means, right? The guy has two Super Bowls already. He could win a third this year, and it wouldn't be surprising at all. But this is a Chiefs team that, besides Travis Kelsey and 
I mean, I I guess Travis Kelsey and Rashi Rice, they just don't really have a lot of reliable weapons. I guess Pacheco as well. So Patrick Mahomes going up against the Packers. I think he's going to be fine. I think he should be a top five quarterback this week. But I don't want to rank him as like the quarterback two above Tua because again, Tua's done that this season. And he's been a little bit more reliable than Mahomes, who is the quarterback eight on the season, but it's very up and down. Quarterback eight, 15, 12, 30, 1, 7, 11, 17, 5, 11, 7. Normally, we're used to Mahomes just being a locked and loaded top three quarterback, top five quarterback weekly, and that has not been the case this season. Again, I'm not trying to shit on Mahomes. Not saying that Mahomes is washed, but it's something to talk about. At number five, we got Trevor Lawrence, touchdown Jesus of the Jacksonville Jaguars going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. Back-to-back weeks inside of the top six. And once I finally kind of gave up on Trevor Lawrence, right? He was the quarterback, 31 against the Niners. He looked atrocious coming out of the bye. And then he's going up against the Titans, and I didn't fully give up, but I said, you know what? I don't trust him, even though this is a wet dream matchup, the type of matchup that will have you salivating all night long thinking about against the Titans. I worry. And rightfully so, I thought, because this season, Lawrence really hasn't lived up to my expectations. He hasn't been that surefire top eight, top 10 quarterback that I thought he would be entering into this year. But recently, he's ripped the Band-Aid off. Recently, he has played at a much higher level on Monday Night Football against the Bengals defense. I think Trevor Lawrence is a lock to be a top seven, top eight option. At number six, we got Justin Herbert, the pervert of the LA Chargers, going up against the New England Patriots in New England. Now, Herbert in the past has struggled mightily against the Patriots defense, but this time, I think things will be different. Though I will note that Brandon Staley is on the hot seat And this might be a Kellen Moore disaster class with Herbert here. Quarterback 15 last week. Again, I should have blind belief that the Chargers should beat the ever-living shit out of a Patriots team that is given up, right? We saw Jabril Pipper. Jabril Pippers? Jabril. Jabril. Peppers. After the game, talk to Saquon Barkley. Be like, you're lucky our team's ass, right? So so the Patriots are in dismay. Even their own team believes they suck donkey cock. So up against the Patriots, realistically, the Chargers should stomp them. But they probably won't. I still like Justin Herbert outside of a couple, really just two real down games this season. He's been really reliable. Quarterback five on the season. Again, will he clutch up here? Maybe, maybe not. But what I do know is realistically, he shouldn't even be put into a scenario where he has to be clutch in this spot. And again, I am assuming that Keenan Allen plays with this ranking. If he doesn't play, then I would maybe knock him down to the B tier. At number seven, we got Big Cock Brock Purdy of the 49ers going up against the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. Quarterbacks this season have been Chef's kiss Manu Fuik against the Eagles defense this year. Now, last week up against Seattle on Thanksgiving, I thought this was going to be another great game out of party, right? Because coming out the bye, week 10 against the Jaguars in Jacksonville, three touchdowns, no interceptions, quarterback six. The next week against the Bucks, three touchdowns, no interceptions, quarterback two. Last week against Seattle on Thanksgiving, I was not thankful for Big Cock Brock because he fucking bent me over a table without the use of lube. One touchdown, one INT, quarterback 23 one off of being quarterback 22 so no bueno i think he hops back on the saddle again this is another one of those matchups that could be very high scoring the most fun game on sunday's slate so i'm gonna believe i will continue to believe in brock purdy moving down to the b tier quarterback eight kyler murray now if we're keeping it a buck 50 right 
What I'm going to tell you right now is that if there wasn't six teams on by, Kyler Murray would not be ranked as a top eight quarterback. Russell Wilson probably wouldn't be ranked inside the top 10. There's no way in fuck Howell would be in the top 10, right? But because there are so many teams on by, this is the scenario that we're stuck with. And we also don't get to talk about Dak or Geno because they already played on Thursday Night Football. So Kyler up against the Steelers in Pittsburgh on paper. I am scared as fuck to play Kyler Murray. But Kyler normally still plays well against better defenses. We know that even if things don't go as well his way in terms of passing, he's able to maneuver out of the pocket, right? He might be able to juke out TJ Watt a little bit. Obviously, I'm still scared, right? Obviously, I'm not going to say that I'm 100% confident that Kyler Murray is this condom-wrapped quarterback you throw into your team super safe, right? No, he's not. But against the Steelers, with how good he's looked, quarterback 13, 6, and 9, I think this will be closer to like quarterback 10 type of a game. But again, I think he's going to be just fine considering there's so many teams on by at number nine we have mr unlimited russell wilson going up against the houston texans in houston we talked about this already this could be a higher scoring matchup back and forth affair coming out the bye russell wilson has looked really good quarterback 12 last week up against a stout browns defense and this texans defense is nowhere on the same level as the cleveland browns i think this could be a game where russ throws for 250 plus yards and two touchdowns maybe he mixes a pick in there but that should still be good enough again in a week where there are so many teams on by to finish inside the top 12. At number 10, we have Sam Howell of the Washington Commanders going up against the Miami Dolphins. Now, this is a Dolphins defense that looks much improved compared to earlier on in the season. Now, last week up against a Dallas defense that's pretty good, Sam Howell finished the week as the quarterback 10. The question is... What's going to happen in this game? What I think is going to happen is Sam Howell is going to be on the struggle bus early on. And as the game gets later and later, as it becomes more and more apparent that the Dolphins are just dogging, hitting them from the back, then Sam Howell is going to get some garbage time points. It's going to be like the Blake Bortles special from all those years ago, right? If you guys weren't playing fantasy football when Blake Bortles was the quarterback, the boat of the Jaguars, basically he would suck donkey cock for fantasy for like the first three quarters of the game. You'd be like, holy fuck, why did I start Blake Bortles? This poor bastard has seven points. He has 10 points. This is a disaster. And then he would pull a rabbit out of a hat, right? He'd pull this game out of his ass and out of nowhere, he'd have 25 fantasy points at the end of the week, finishing as one of the better quarterbacks. I think that is exactly what's going to happen with Sam Howell here. Things are going to look real bad entering into the fourth quarter and then he's just going to make it work at the end and he'll finish inside the top 10, the top 12. At number 11, we have Jordan Love Me Tenda, Love Me Sweet up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, we have talked and I did talk about this in the quarterback starts it video that Jordan Love has essentially had like an Oreo cookie of a season. And if you don't understand that, I will explain it very simply. The beginning of the season, the guy is on fire, right? He's the cookie part, right? Then the middle of the season, from weeks I'd say five through nine, it's the cream part where he's basically creaming your team. Pause, right? He's fucking you in the ass. He's kind of bad. He's throwing a lot of interceptions, bad turnovers. And then the last two, three weeks, has been the other cookie, right? The solid piece. Quarterback 5, 9, and 12 over the last three weeks. Now, I understand this isn't the Chiefs defense from a couple years ago, right? The Chiefs normally known as this high-octane, boom-boom, firepower, high-octane offense, right? But now, they're still a great, decent offense, right? Good offense. But what makes them so special is the defense. So I am partially worried about Jordan Love going back to his old ways, 
throwing interceptions. But this week against the Chiefs, if he keeps up playing this hot, I think he should be a top 12 quarterback. Moving now to the C tier, at number 12, we have the Goffinator, Jared Goff. Now, going up against the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans should be a bounce-back spot for him. But this guy was a fumble machine last week. He has the Packers, three fumbles, two touchdowns, right? He has a salvageable day, right? Ranks as a top 12 quarterback. But what I want to say about Goff and why I don't have him ranked in the tier above is because I really do feel like his upside is heavily limited by the fact that this is an offense that can run the ball, as Michael Jackson would say, as easy as one, two, three, A, B, C, right? It's so easy. Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, run game guru. This offensive line is a brick fucking wall. The Great Wall of China in front of Jared Goff. So they're able to run very effectively, which limits the amount of touchdowns that Jared Goff could throw in any given game. Earlier on in the season, you might see Goff throw three, four touchdowns. That feels like much less of a possibility right now. Now, if he scores three touchdowns this week, people are like, Nick, you're a fucking idiot. But I think most of you guys will be able to understand my sentiment here. Goff is not a terrible start. I don't think any of these guys in the CTR are terrible starts. But I just don't feel as confident in him as even I would in a guy like Jordan Love, because with A.J. Dillon, you're not really running the ball too effectively, right? Whereas with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs forming an Eiffel Tower over the Saints, you're going to be able to run pretty effectively. At number 13, we have Gardner Minshew the second, the Minshew mania going up against the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. Last week against the Bucks, quarterback 13, pretty solid game out of Gardner Minshew. Now, Minshew is a guy that is pretty hot or cold, I would say, right? You're either going to get the real solid Minshew games or he's going to shit the bed. Now, last week was actually a perfect balance, right? Perfectly balanced as all things should be where Minshew doesn't shit the bed, but he also doesn't have a huge game. This week against the Tennessee Titans defense, that is bottom of the barrel nut low. This feels like a game where Gardner Minshew can get his licks off, right? This feels like the kind of a game where Gardner Minshew could potentially drop 20 plus fantasy points because the Titans defense is that bad. So Gardner Minshew, my confidence in him is a little bit lower than with Jared Goff, but I still think they're in a similar range. At number 14, we got Derek Carr of the New Orleans Saints going up against the Detroit Lions. This is a five-star matchup like you're playing in Grand Theft Auto. The Detroit Lions defense that really helped blanket that Chiefs offense in Week 1, that early on in the season, that defense was percolating, looking real solid, looks completely different in Week number. 12, week number 13 that we're in right now, right? It's like the opposite of the Broncos. Remember how the Broncos, the Dolphins, these two teams, they're getting Cleveland steamered early on, and then recently they look rock hard? The exact opposite with the Lions. They started off hot. They are cold right now, defensively. So, I like Jared Goff here. The problem is that he's Jared Goff, right? This is a guy that has not thrown for more than two touchdowns at all this season. More than two. So he's thrown two three times he's thrown one a couple times he's thrown zero in two straight games and four total games on the season so again while the matchup is right for the taking this is a saints offense that will have maybe chris olave maybe not right they're definitely not having rashid shaheed i'm shaheed they ain't having they don't have michael thomas either so it's like a situation that's kind of bad for Derek carr now we know he's gonna dump the ball off a ton but it wouldn't be surprising if kamara has three touchdowns right and maybe only one of those receiving, and Carr ends with one touchdown. 
So that's why I'm kind of a little bit more cautious with Carr than I'd say most people are. At our 15, we have Baker Mayfield of the Bucks going up against the Panthers. This is a great spot for him. Baker has been a lot better than most people probably thought he would be this season. Quarterback 17 on the year so far. Normally finishes anywhere from quarterback, I would say, 10 uh, 16 a majority of weeks and that's where we've got him here in the C tier great matchup for him but this is a Carolina Panthers team that just fired their head coach so maybe they have that interim head coach buzz around them where maybe you know if they played the Panthers last week with Frank Reich they'd run train on him but because they fired the coach maybe this ends up being a little bit closer of a fair maybe Baker doesn't play as well moving now to the D tier quarterback 16 through 17 now all those guys that we just talked about quarterbacks 1 through 15 I get they're in a couple of different tiers right but those are all guys that you know what I am not super scared about playing I talked about Carr how I don't love him right Baker there's some worries right but now is when we enter a range where it's like, holy fuck, I have to start this guy, and I actually do not want to at all, but there's six teams on by, so this is where we're stuck with. And it'll get even worse when we get into the next tier, and this is a large reason as to why we only did the top 20 quarterbacks, the top 20 tight ends this week, because there's just not a lot of guys to sift through. Before we break on down the rest of the quarterbacks, then get on in to the tight end rankings for the week, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and Underdog has a great offer for you guys today that we'll be talking about in just a couple of seconds. But first, I want to explain to you guys how Underdog Pick'em works. So we are going to have to pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams. So we're going to start out here with the Dolphins at the Commanders game. We are going to go with higher than half a rushing or receiving touchdown for Tyreek Hill. And then we are going to go to the Colts at Titans game, and we are going to go with Zach Moss higher than half a rush plus receiving touchdown so if Tyreek and Zach Moss both get a touchdown then we'll get three times our entry fee if we do three picks it's six times four picks is 10 times and five picks is 10 times your entry fee obviously all the picks have to hit for you to get paid out now if you are new to underdog fantasy and live in one of the states on your screen right now if you use promo code notorious you will get a first match deposit bonus of up to $100 if you deposit 100 you get additional 150 additional additional 50 25 additional 25 the minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is $10 if you have a gambling problem please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here, Kenny Pickett of the Steelers going up against the Cardinals. Now, Pickett had thrown for his most yards last week. I believe that's their first 400-yard total game for the Steelers in like 50-something games. No bueno, Matt Canada gone. Everything gets better. Problem is, Pickett hasn't thrown a single fucking touchdown or ran in a touchdown in three straight weeks. Now, again, I get... Oh my god, this is a cupcake matchup against the Cardinals. Even Pickett could do should do great here. Look, he could do great. He could have a huge game, right? But it's Kenny fucking Pickett we're talking about. This could be a disaster. But again, if you're stuck in a tough situation, I would take my shot on Pickett because the matchup, again, is so easy. And number 17, we got Matthew Stafford. Now, I was not a believer in Stafford last week up against Arizona. And the reason why I wasn't a believer in Stafford is because... Stafford hasn't been a top 12 quarterback all season aside from that game. And when they played Arizona earlier on in the season, he threw just one touchdown, zero interceptions, 220 yards, quarterback 15. So every single metric is basically telling us, hey, you know, even with the great matchup, Stafford might struggle. Of course, he has a great game, 220 plus yards, four touchdowns, one interception, right? But a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, right? A blind monkey fucking somehow finds a banana, right? Curious George style. So again... 
The matchup here is not good. But once you get past the D tier, there are quarterbacks. I would rather just take the shot on Stafford because I think Stafford's at least halfway decent enough to finish as like the quarterback 17-18. Once we get into this range, which is quarterbacks 18 through 20, like are you really wanting to start Jake Browning in the E tier going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Monday Night Football? Jake Browning has been somewhat solid, right? He hasn't been turning the ball over, making crazy bad decisions, but he's also not good. He's not great. The Jaguars' defense has shown at points this season to be solid. They're a competent defense. So I, I just don't really see wanting to play Browning. At number 19, we got Will Leveth of the Titans going up against the Colts. Now, on paper, this is a great matchup. The problem is, ever since Will Levis was the quarterback six in Week 8, after that, just like Humpty Dumpty, he fell off a wall. 21, 26, 20, and 31 at quarterback over the last four games. Quarterback 31 is, like, astonishingly bad. So, again, great matchup. So he's quarterback 19. If there wasn't six teams on by, he'd be nowhere near here. At number 20, we got Bryce, I don't want to die too young, of the Carolina Panthers going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, maybe losing Frank Reich will nip Bryce Young in the ass, right? Light a fire under his ass. Maybe this is the best version of Bryce Young we will ever see. But again... Haven't seen anything this season outside of one game against Detroit where he was a top 10 quarterback as to why we should believe in him. The Bucs defense isn't that great. But again, Bryce Young is struggling mightily this season. Moving to the S tier at the tight end position. Make sure if you guys have enjoyed this far, you hit that like button. You hit that subscribe button down below if you are new to the channel. So at number one, we got Travis Kelsey. I know, right? Very shocking Mr. Swift here. Tight end five and two over the last two weeks. Now, outside of that game where he was locked up, don't let me out, without a key, you know, locked in without the key here against the Dolphins in week nine, quarter, or tight end 29, he's been a top eight tight end every week, aside from another game where he was the tight end 14, he's the tight end two on the season, doesn't matter if he's going up against the Packers, the 85 Bears, the best defense to ever stop a tight end, because Travis Kelsey is still going to find his way into the end zone, find his way into eight plus targets. I just think this is going to be another big game for Kelsey. At number two, we got Sam Laporta of the Lions going up against the Saints in New Orleans. Tight end three last week on Thanksgiving against the Packers. Five receptions, eight targets, 47 yards, and a tug against the Saints. Touchdown upsides there. He's been one of the more reliable tight ends on the season. He's got top three. He has number one upside any given week in this Detroit Lions offense. So at number two, feels fair for him. At number three, we have George Kittleby Timbas of the San Francisco 49ers going up against the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. Now, George Kittle recently almost ditched that moniker that's around him, that he is one of the most boomer bust tight ends to ever live. Last week, though, we saw that bust pause occur for George Kittle, tight end 26. Before that, tight end 1, 3, 2, and 8. Regardless of what you think about the Eagles' defense, they're not the best against the tight end, and George Kittle's one of the best tight ends in the NFL. I get that there are going to be games where Kittle shits the bed like last week and scores five fantasy points, but there's also going to be weeks where the Philadelphia Eagles are gargling this bastard's balls, and he scores 28 fantasy points. The upside is too damn high to sit him. Moving now to the A tier, we move to tight end number four, Trey McBride of the Cardinals going up against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Now, there was some worry initially, at least from me, that, hey, maybe when Zach Ertz comes back, that'll mean that Trey McBride will maybe get kind of cucked out of some work, but Zach Ertz requested a cut. They cut his ass. 
So it's Trey McBride season, limited in practice on Friday, but he, I believe he said he's going to be good to go, so I assume he's going to be playing. Again, sometimes make an assumption, makes an ass out of you and me, but here, feels like he will play. The matchup reeks to high heaven, but he is Kyler's favorite target, it feels like. Kyler just locks onto him, and he's been very safe over the last three weeks, so I'm going to continue to believe in that. At number five, we have Easy e Evan Ingram going up against the Bengals at home in Jacksonville. Evan Ingram is another one of those super safe tight ends, like wrapping a Durex around your squad. Tight end eight on the season. The majority of his weeks are found inside of the top seven at the tight end position. Now, he hasn't scored a touchdown all year, which is truly shocking. Like, you're the tight end eight. You have 82 targets, 64 receptions, 524 yards, and you don't have a single touchdown. So I'm just going to argue that he's due. Maybe this is the week that he gets his toes wet here. In the B tier, we move to tight end number six, Pat Fryermuth, going up against the Arizona Cardinals at home in Pittsburgh. Now, last week, Pat Fryermuth had 11 targets, nine receptions, 120 yards as the tight end number one, right? They take Matt Canada out of the offense, where that was an offense where Fryermuth was getting four targets at best. Some games he was just getting one target, and now getting 11 targets. Now, is this a scenario like we talked about? Hey, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Like, this is a huge outlier. Or is this the new new? Is this the new new without Matt Canada that we're to be seeing Pat Fryermuth a lot more involved? We shall see. And up against the Cardinals defense, I think you would be foolish to not take that chance again because the matchup is so great. And number seven, we got Taysom Hill. Now, this is a Saints team, again, that's guaranteed to be without Rashid Shaheed, guaranteed to be without Michael Thomas. Now, Chris Olave might play, he might not play, but regardless, that leaves Taysom Hill as a much bigger piece in this offense than normal. Now, from weeks six through nine, he was balling. Tight end six, six, three, and six. Recently, tight end 45 and 17. But again, the upside with this man's immense. He could throw a touchdown, catch a touchdown, rush a touchdown, do all three, all in the same game. And the matchup is great against the Lions. I get that Taysom Hill is far from safe, but in fantasy football, the tight end position is the most volatile position. There's even studs. Guys like Trey McBride, right, who I would view right now as a stud at the tight end position, he could go out there and score three fantasy points and it wouldn't surprise me, right? So why not take the highest upside shot in Taysom Hill. At number eight, we got David Njoku going up against the Rams. Now we'll see if cool Joe Flacco feeds David Njoku like DTR has been doing. Nine, 15, and nine targets over the last three weeks. Great matchup against the Rams as the Rams are kind of supple to the tight end, right? The Rams defense, no bueno against the tight end. The tight end normally runs train on them. So we'll see here what the chief Njoku does. If Flacco wasn't playing and DTR or PJ Walker were in, I would have him ranked as the tight end six, maybe even inside of the eight tier. But because of the quarterback change, he's ranked as the tight end eight. And number nine, we got Logan Thomas of the Commanders going up against the Dolphins. Now, we talked about this in the start sit video, and I talked about this in my live stream yesterday. Logan Thomas is one of the most boring tight ends to play in fantasy football because you know damn well he's probably never going to finish inside the top five. Now, he did once this season against the Bears, right? That huge game in week five nine receptions 77 yards and a tug right that's cool but most weeks he finds himself as the tight end 10 through 14 which again it's not a sexy play he's never really going to win you your week but again with a position at the tight end being so volatile he deserves a spot inside the top 10 because of his immense amount of safety moving now to the c tier tight ends 10 through 12 this is where i start really shaking my teeth start Flackering, flattering, whatever the fuck you want to say about that. 
where you start to get a lot more nervous. Number 10, we got Juwan Johnson. Now, again, so many missing pieces of the Saints is what will elevate Juwan Johnson to the spot. If Michael Thomas, Shahid, Olave, they're all in, then Quinton Johnston is falling down the rankings. But because... We have to understand the situation that he's in. He gets elevated into this spot. I think he should get around six to eight targets this week. At number 11, we got Cade Otten. Now, Cade Otten, over the last five or six weeks, has been a lot more consistent as a locked and loaded top 18 option. Now, Cade Otten is one of these guys that if you could just transport him onto a different team, then Cade Otten would be feasting, right? Kate Otten would be eating because he didn't have to deal with Godwin, who may or may not play. Deal with Mike Evans, Rashad White, right? All these guys that just deserve a lot of targets, and rightfully so. Kate Otten's a guy that's never really going to go over the top, right? He's never jumping off the top rope, right? Not hitting no one with the 619 Rey Mysterio, but he's probably going to be just fine. Again, he's like a less sexy version of of Logan Thomas because I feel a lot more risk playing Otten than Logan Thomas. So anywhere from tight end 11 through 18 should be where we find Cade Otten at the end of the week. At number 12, to close out the seats here, we got Kyle Pitts. Now the Jets defense actually isn't the best at covering the tight end. No, everyone and their mom gives the Gulk 9000 special to the Jets defense, but they're not the best against the tight end. But then again, you have to trust Desmond Ritter, who is going to get plowed in this game. Like the snow. He is going to get sent into the dirt by the Jets' defense. So Kyle Pitts is a guy that I was on in the offseason. So you know what? This is the year that Kyle Pitts figures it out. I faded him in his rookie year. I faded him in 2022. And I was like, you know what? In 2023, I'm going to hop on. Because... No longer did you have to draft them in, like, the fourth round, the fifth round. You could wait until the eighth round in some leagues. Some leagues, people are, were so burnt off Kyle Pitts, there were leagues where he was going in, like, the tenth round. So it's like, okay, I'm willing to take that discount shot on him. It was wrong. He's the tight end 18. He's never fun to play. But, hey, he's Kyle Pitts. At any given point, he could have two, three touchdowns, and it wouldn't surprise you. At number 13, we move to the D tier. Gerald Everett going up against the Patriots in New England. Tight end six last week, going four for four like he was at Wendy's for 43 yards and a touchdown. This week, he gets a Patriots defense that is down astronomical. Everett's a guy that's going to get his two to four, five targets every single week, and he needs to score to be useful because he's not going to get 70, 80 yards. So if you get the touchdown this week, you'll be happy. If not, sleeping with the fishes. At number 14, we got Tyler Conklin going up against the Falcons. Tim Boyle will probably give him five, six targets because, again, the Jets' receiver core is just abysmal outside of Garrett Wilson. Alan Lazard is terrible. So, against the Falcons' defense, that's not the best against the tight end. Conklin should be okay. But, again, do we really see him blowing up with Timmy Boyle? No. At number 15, we got Tyler Higby going up against the Browns. Now, I know, oh, my God, Higby, five for five for 29 yards and two touchdowns last week. He's not doing that again. This fucker has two touchdowns on the season, and they were both last week. Now he's going up against the Browns' defense. It's screaming at you not to play him, but some people probably will because, again, they're in a pickle at tight end, moving now to the E tier. The rest of the tight ends at number 16, we got Tucker, Kraft, Mac and Cheese going up against the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Tight end 11 last week. This is another guy just like Everett where you need the touchdown. He's probably going to get anywhere from two to three targets at most. If he scores, you're happy. If not, 
You're down bad. At number 17, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry had zero targets last week. Bailey Zappi isn't a big tight end guy. And I know all of us are big tight end guys. Everyone likes a nice, supple tight end there. And I've said supple like three times. People are going to think I'm a fucking pervert or something. But because that's just like a real sicko word to use. But yeah, Hunter Henry going up against the Chargers. Revenge game. I, I kind of moved him up the rankings because the revenge game. Number 18, Janu Smith going up against the Jumbo Jets. Now, it seems like the the run of Janu Smith being reliable is kind of just now dead. Tight end 58 and 50 over the last two weeks with zero targets last week, three targets the week prior. I'm just praying for three targets here because Janu Smith has more touchdowns on the season than Pitts. At number 19, we got Chig. Chig actually had a good game last week, five targets, uh, four receptions, 45 yards, no touchdowns. But again, that's a good game considering how bad he's been this season. We all know this guy's talented. We all know in a lot better spots, he'd be doing much better. He'd be doing mighty fine. But he's the tight end one of the Titans. Tight end 19. And number 20, Tanner Hudson. This guy sounds like he fucking... My, one of my friends' name is Tanner. Tanner the name just sounds like a guy that has like a raccoon cap that's like in the woods, just demolishing birds. Like right out the sky. You know, buckshot. I don't know. Buckshot isn't used on that. That's used on deer, I think. That would make sense, right? Buckshot on a buck. That makes sense. But again, people that are gun guys that know more about guns than me, I'm not a huge gun guy. Um, don't know too much about it aside from playing Call of Duty. But people will be like, Nick, you fucking idiot. You don't know. Like, my dad will be watching this. He was in the Air Force. He'll be like, Nick, you cocksucker. That was incorrect, you fucking idiot. So it is what it is. Um, Going to get four or five targets? That's good enough to be ranked as the tight end 20. About all I got to say about him. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did up enjoying, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. If you'd like to check out my Patreon, you can get access to my weekly rankings as well as an answer to any of the questions you guys may have. Again, if you want to follow me on Twitter, do so at NotoriousFNTSY. Check out one of the videos on your screen right now if you haven't seen them already. Love you guys all. See you guys tomorrow for the Sunday live stream prior to kickoff on Sunday around 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at the latest. Might be 11.45, might be 11.30, could be 12, though. I love you guys. Have a great one. As always, good boy!